Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Beam. This week we are back with the latest installment in our twin film series. This is one that we've had on the agenda since we started this whole thing. It is something that I've been excited about for a very long time. Bruce Buffer Beam will be joining us to announce those two movies shortly. But in the meantime, we have our guest, a man who has spent many a night staring over a river, skipping stones, and contemplating love. Zach House, how you doing, pal? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for that introduction. I didn't know that was a real thing. Is that true about you, Zach? Listen, I know a thing or two about heartache, heartbreak, and love, all right? Is he right, Corey? Does this check out? Oh, it checks out totally, and this is a real story. We He came back to the dorms one night at like 2.30 a.m., and we were like, dude, where you been? I feel like this is veering towards exaggeration. <laughs> And then he's just like, I'm look. I was I was just looking out at the river, skipping some stones. Oh my god, life. this is an actual. I'm sorry, this is an actual thing that happened. This so this is probably in, just in, a story, but I believe it happened. If yeah, I'm probably. going to defend myself at Lafayette, There's we no had defense, a very Zach, that's fine. We had a very cool river, and I would get shit faced drunk and go down to the river and look at it. It was not some depressed, like, I want to kill myself thing. No, I just no thought one, it was cool. Listen, no one was suggesting suicide here, Zach. I feel like you're, I feel like if anything, we're not exaggerating. You're overreacting. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Zach, thank you again for joining us. Obviously, he was on a previous episode uh, where we did the most underappreciated films of the 2000s. Uh, but he's joining us again to go through, I guess, our, what do, what do we want to call this? It's twin films, but what what is the overarching theme, I guess? Or are we just going to do that with Bruce Buffer here? It's our rom-com twin films. Yeah. So we are drinking a beer from Beer Tree Brew, if I uh, remember correctly here. Um, could you hand me the beer, actually? Of course. If I'm going to be introducing it. Uh, so anyways, it's called Pollinated Paradise. It's definitely going to fit in with the rom-com theme, or at least the subgenre of rom-com theme that we're going to be covering in this episode. But it's made out, uh, by Beer Tree Brew out of Port Crane, I believe, uh, Port Crane, New York, that is. I believe we have had a beer from them uh, before. I think it was Virtuosity for, a, for a sci-fi Oscars. So, you know what? We're just going to get into it. So, here we go. Well, so I decided to stay on theme here, fellas, and I bought myself Excuse dueling me. beers. Oh. I've got oh. a Palisade Peach Wheat from Breckenridge Brewery and a Palisade Peachwood Cream Ale from Tommyknocker Brewery, two breweries I really like in Colorado, two beers I really like. We're going to find out which one's better. Wow. <laughs> See, I mean, I like that it's the dueling uh, type. We, we went with the rom-com theme uh, specifically, obviously, what these are going to be about. But I like it. I like that you made sure that your drink was themed with the episode because not the guest does not always do that. That's you know what I, I I'm here to bring only a plus effort. All right, and to announce these movies for us, introducing Bruce Buffer Beam. Zach, have you heard these? Uh, I, if it's the same thing you did before yeah. on Armageddon, yeah, or versus Deep Impact, then yes. Are you a UFC fan? Like you know Bruce Buffer then. I'm probably going to watch the fight tonight, so yes. So anyways, uh, obviously this is more fitting, I think, than anything, is that it's going to be, we're recording this the day of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, the final of their trilogy bout. So as one should, 
we're going to channel Bruce Buffer, and let's introduce these movies. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only event of the evening, sanctioned by absolutely no one. Our three judges scoring the contest this evening are Corey Dempsey, Andrew Beam, and Zach Howes. There is no referee because just I feel like you guys should be catching on with this. And now, for those in attendance and the one or two people listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live, but not really because it's actually being recorded in Troy, New York and somewhere in Colorado. It's time! Five rounds for the best movie from 2011 about trying to hook up without catching feelings. Introducing first, a film about two strangers brought together through work who become friends and eventually lovers, starring Mila Kunis, Justin Timberlake, and Woody Harrelson. Friends with benefits! And their opponent. A film about two people who met through summer camp, had a spark, and tried to get together later in life without becoming an actual couple, starring Natalie Portman, Ashton Kutcher, and Kevin Kline. No strings attached! <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking take the length of that applause. That was a great applause, because that was a great intro. You did a great job. So where I want to start here is not where we usually start with these movies, but instead with a personal question. Mm -hmm. These movies came out in 2011, a time when we all had just come out of college. I was two years removed from college. Beam and Zach, I believe you were one year removed from college at that point, graduating in 2010. Where were you in life at this point? Where were you romantically? Did rom-coms matter to you? (laughs) Um, so that's a very good question, Corey. Um, at this point in my life, I want to say rom-coms were something that I didn't tell people I loved, but secretly I did. Whereas now that I'm 33, I have no problem telling people that I love rom-coms. So when these movies came out, from what I can remember, I, I, I remember thinking like, oh, I'll definitely see those. Those are going to be good. However, I don't remember being super hyped about either one of these. I, yeah, th- yeah, I can't, like, there are certain rom-coms when I see a trailer, it looks hilarious. Not These didn't necessarily make me think they were going to be great, but Friends with Benefits caught my eye more than No Strings Attached, for sure. In terms of, like, trailers or just, like, one you were getting yeah. ready to see? Yeah, and I think uh, at that time, Timberlake was kind of on a tear, right? Because hadn't he just recently done um, Social Network? and something else. He did a movie called In Time that was pretty good with uh, Amanda Seyfried, and I believe he did Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, so this is kind of when his movie career was started. Oh, it was um, Bad Teacher was the other one, which (laughs) I sneakily kind of like. It's not bad. Um, Bad Teacher, not bad. Got it. (laughs) But either way, his career was kind of taking off, and I remember Ashton Kutcher was on the tail end of his prime uh or whatever you want to call it so i feel like there was more hype for one versus the other i'd agree with that i also think prime is generous to ashton kutcher (laughs) that was going to be before i got into where i was at is prime really ever a thing that ashton kutcher has reached i think it was punked and i think that says a lot about what his prime means but beam where were you at in life at this point i was going to say dude where's my car but whatever um 
where was I? I think I know exactly why I didn't see these movies. It's not that I don't dislike rom-coms. I think I underappreciated the value of them. But at the time, uh, just fresh out of college, somewhat in degree, I was still a little, a little rough around the edges after a breakup with someone who I was dating in college who I, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I wouldn't say it was immaturely, maybe it might have been, saw possibly a future with. Uh, got a little ahead of myself, kind of like head over heels kind of thing. Broke up with me and unceremoniously over the phone. And um, and uh, I think I stayed away from these movies because I had like the biggest star crushes on Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman and I just couldn't handle it. That's where I was. Oh, oh, oh. No, I was also a drunken mess and <laughs> did not have my life together whatsoever. Well, yeah. you have it sorted now. So do you, Zach. We're all married and happy at this point. I don't mind saying in 2011 I was in the midst of a not great relationship, so I was either being heartbroken or getting over a heartbreak or something along those lines. These rom-coms were definitely a bomb for me. Specifically, this idea of having friends with benefits was definitely something that was calling to me because I'd say I was also emotionally damaged as many of the characters in this movie. Um, but seeing as I'm not attractive nor charming friends with benefits was not really an option for me. You guys ever that, do the friends with benefits thing? Corey, I'm really glad you, you brought that up because that was going to be one of my biggest points. This was such an impossibility for me ever. <laughs> this, whole, this whole idea, like get the fuck out of here, Timberlake and Kutcher. There's no way the average jackass like me could have pulled this off. And correct, correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of exactly what these movies touch on, is that it's yeah. kind of a very... Listen, some people I think can pull it off, and they're dead inside, like completely dead inside. Like, like Corey likes to say that I'm dead inside, I need stuff to like feel things. Maybe to a certain degree that's true, but like I feel like to a certain degree you just have to have like literally no feelings. And I think I've been there probably at certain moments, probably specifically during this period when these movies came out, where, again, as I said, drunken mess, didn't care. Have a, I think I apologized to exactly who I needed to apologize then uh, for, for just being an asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, th- I felt like these movies, though, did try and touch on that. Like, if you are got your shit together, which both of these, and pretty much all these characters seemingly do, to then try and have a friends with benefits situation outside of college, it's it, it, it's it's kind of hard. It's a little difficult. I think it's just hard for people like us to also get people to agree with us, like to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, have you seen me all, lately? All we have is our personality, so like, <laughs> <laughs> no one wants a fucking <laughs> friends with benefits. I don't know. Like, I could hook up with Caggard, but I don't think that's really <laughs> anything to say to anyone. Yeah, it's not what you want. So anyway, let's get to these movies. Uh, I'm going to switch up the order a little bit because in the first round, we always go through the talent involved. Typically, we do the script first. However, I want to kind of do the cast and script together because I feel like there's a very distinct link between the two and how they're connected. So instead, where I want to start is with the two directors of these films. Uh, the director of No Strings Attached is Ivan Reitman, a very famous director. Did Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters did is what stripes, I know him from, yeah. Um, did a lot of stuff. And this is kind of the tail end of his career, but he's still, you know, a very talented director. The other man is Will Gluck, probably most famous for doing Easy A a year earlier with uh, Emma Stone. Mm. Great movie. Really, really charming stuff. But, you know, as far as the directorial styles, as far as the choices in 
style with the movie. You know, Zach, how did you feel these two compared? Yeah, uh, so this shocked me because uh, the best way I could describe this matchup, if this were a fight or a you know a game or something, they're going head to head. It is. That's exactly it, what we're doing here, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot to me like uh, the Giants upsetting the Patriots in 2008. Will Gl- I, I'll make my opinion clear right from the start. Friends with Benefits is a better movie, and I think Will Gluck does a much better job than Ivan Reitman, who is so much more accomplished and has such a better resume. I mean, Will Gluck didn't go on to anything after this either. Reitman still, I believe, actually, I don't, I don't know what else – I didn't look up what else Reitman has done, but I know his and he's prior busy, resume. but nothing I think terribly of note. Like other ghosts, he's still involved with Ghostbuster stuff. But even so, yeah, I was I was shocked to find out how how much higher the pedigree was with um, No Strings Attached when I thought Friends with Benefits was much funnier. I think you kind of felt more of the heart and soul in Friends with Benefits than you did in No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached felt like, I've got two blockbuster stars, I'm just going to kind of let them do the heavy lifting, you know, here's the movie. Like, Will Gluck, I think, didn't he write uh, Friends of Benefits, too? Because I don't think Reitman did. He was yeah. part of the writing, but yeah. he did not, he was not the sole writer, but he definitely wrote part of it, yeah. Right. So, like, I, I don't know, it just, it, I felt more, you could connect, I think, at least just in the way sort of the story went about, or just sort of, um... Even the way that it was shot, just the way that it progressed as it went on, Friends with Benefits was kind of an easier film to follow. Whereas, like, there were parts I felt like in in No Strings Attached, like the the time jumps, I didn't like that as a decision. Where it's like, okay, we're gonna start however many years ago, and then let's jump forward this many years forward, and then here's oh, two weeks later, six weeks later, a year later, like. I didn't like that. It felt jumbled and it felt rushed a little bit. Beam, on that note too, actually, the first thing I noticed, the difference between the style uh, with the two directors was that um, what, Friends with Benefits feels a lot more like your typical comedy in in that throughout the whole movie, you hear that background, that like upbeat background music mm-hmm. in every in every single scene. It, it It permeates throughout the entire movie. If you go back, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you go back and watch it again, notice how quiet uh, No Strings Attached is. There's no there's no music whatsoever. It's almost like a sitcom or, or a television show instead. And I thought it really changes the overall vibe or mood of the movie. It makes it seem more serious as opposed to Friends with Benefit. I thought it was a, an interest, interesting style difference between the two directors. Um, the best way, I, what I wrote down was, the best way to describe it is Friends with Benefits. I keep fumbling over the titles. Friends with Benefits is 80% comedy, 20% romance, and the and No Strings Attached is the opposite. It felt like 20% comedy, 80% romance because it just seemed more serious. What, what I kind of want to say to that point then is, you know, kind of what you said in terms of, you know, percentage of comedy versus romance I think that's sort of where, in terms of just sort of the choices here, Friends with Benefits felt more natural because of the comedy, because you're taking these awkward moments and you're inserting comedy in them because you're trying to, one, get through them, and two, it just kind of feels like a natural response to some of those moments where, like, no strings attached, it's like, I am watching a movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, And that... 
so that brought me to a broader point about all of these types of twin movies or dueling comedies. If you ever th- have you ever noticed when you have these situations, there always tends to be the one movie that is quote unquote the serious one, and then the other one that is either more action heavy if it's an action movie, or comedy heavy if it's like this, or just it's campier or sillier over overall. And in this case, the funnier one or the campier one is Friends with Benefits, the serious one, No Strings Attached. It's like with um, what, uh, Armageddon versus uh, Deep Impact. Deep, Deep Impact is the quote-unquote scientific one. Armageddon is the action-heavy one. And look, one, look which one wins out, the one that's more fun overall. I absolutely agree with the point you're making, except I actually I actually think you have the movies flipped, but we'll get there as we go through the categories in terms of <laughs> like I feel like Friends with Benefits is a more serious and actual look at like romanticism and feelings. I feel like No Strings Attached is actually more of a slapsticky type of thing. Um but we can get there and we can kind of argue that out as we get to the different rounds. Um so as I said, I wanted to start with the directors because I feel like the cast and script is linked. And let me tell you kind of what my theory is here. I feel like when you look at these movies and when you look at rom-coms in general, the most important thing that you can have is chemistry between your two leads. A really bad movie can work if you have chemistry between your two leads. Uh, I think that How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is a great example. Terrible movie, but Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey are dynamite together, so the movie still works. Yeah, Good point. And in these, I feel like Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake have outstanding chemistry. And I feel like Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman is stale, uh, to put it politely. Well, that was the part I was going to get to with the cast part of it. But yes, I would agree with you. It was sort of the thing where Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake was a much more believable in terms of a couple that is toying with the idea of this whole friends with benefits thing when they're just in complete denial Whereas with no strings attached, you like one, you had the opposite of it too. That that comes down to the script itself, um, or at least the way Ashton Kutcher's character was written. But it just like it felt the most forced I've ever seen. I think like in sort of a rom com, like I could have cared less. Yeah, I agree. I think their I chemistry wanted, is extremely stale. I wanted Ashton Kutcher to get together with like Belle, her character in it, more than I wanted. Uh, him to get together with Natalie Portman's character because I felt there was more chemistry. 100%. I totally agree with you. And this is where I think it's different with the script. So, you know, often when we look at these, there's like vast differences between the approach to the script. You look at Dante's Peak versus yeah. Volcano. One's like a detective story. Mm. One's kind of like a horror movie, right? Mm. Here, I feel like they're very similar, but there's two key differences. One, in Friends with Benefits, they are mu- very much on an equal playing field. In terms of Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis are both going into this and it feels like they're both on board for the same reasons. They both are kind of emotionally damaged. They're both just looking for something without much attachment. Zero history too. Zero, like there's at least some history with Kutcher and Portman. Yeah, absolutely. And then in No Strings Attached, I feel like Ashton Kutcher is very much into it, whereas Natalie Portman is not. And I feel like Ashton Kutcher is getting into this arrangement because he just wants to stay close to Natalie Portman in the event that maybe he can change her mind down the road. It's kind of like an inversion of the typical rom-com in that way. Yeah, slightly mimics the way I was with my wife. Yeah. It worked out. <laughs> and so, you know, that I feel like is one of the key differences in these scripts. Zach, what? how do you feel about that? 
Uh, actually, that's yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. It It's that one of my big problems with no strings attached probably is the fact that right from the get-go, Ashton Kutcher does not want to be friends with benefits or no, he does not want to have he, no he strings attached. Wants, he wants all the strings attached. Yep, he wants to sure spend does. the rest of his life with her immediately. Yeah. So that's probably a big reason why it doesn't work as well. Um, Natalie Portman, I, for whatever, yeah, they, they just don't mesh well. I think part of it is Natalie Portman is a phenomenal actress. I don't know that she's a great comedic actress. I I can't think of anything. I might be missing something obvious, but no, I can't. Here's the thing, though. I think it comes down to the chemistry because watch yeah. Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, and she is... She's not in that movie. Wait, bro. no. What is she in? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I confused it with um, Garden, Garden State. State. When she's in Garden State, she hits all of the comedic notes in that. Sorry, Kate Winslet. I didn't mean to do that to you. You were great in Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. No, Garden State. Because both of those wrapped up in my head and they got jumbled together. Um, no, she is hilarious in Garden State. And that's because there was actual chemistry built in with Zach, that felt that there there was with Zach Braff. And I actually feel like Natalie Portman is quite funny in this movie. It's just... Darjeeling Limited? It's just when she's not with Ashton Kutcher. Like, all the other scenes, she's great. One one other script difference that I noticed, even though, obviously, they're meant to be very similar, it, it's far more apparent early on in the movie that, okay, these two are meant to be together in No Strings Attached with Ashton and, um, and Natalie Portman versus... Uh, stay with me. There's... Uh, I'm leading to a, a good point here, I think. Uh, We're following you. So it's very, so very early on, you, if you were an alien and you didn't understand how society worked and you were dropped into these movies, very early on in that movie, you'd be like, oh, those two, okay, I see where this is going. Whereas with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis, there's at least, if you, if you take away your knowledge about the premise of the movie, there's at least the believability that they could commit to being just friends with benefits. They so, could have a clean break from this if they truly wanted to. Right. And it comes back to what Corey was saying about how Ashton is always right from the get-go wanting Natalie Port- Portman. But I just – I thought it was interesting. Like within the first 10 minutes, you know in No Strings Attached, okay, they they want to be together. It takes a while to build towards that in Friends with Benefits. Agreed. And I think the other major difference in the scripts and the approach – and I think it's all wrapped into this idea of the lead couple, right? So – to me, Friends with Benefits very much focuses on Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake throughout the whole thing. And it's because you have these two actors with incredible chemistry. So let's just focus the camera on them, focus on their story the whole time. There's no like B plot lines. It's just them the whole time. Right. And No Strings Attached, you spend a lot of time with other characters. There's a whole friend group that each of them has that you spend time with. There are weird parental things that like come in in terms of like ex relationships and quote unquote sloppy seconds that come in. And I feel like this was all intentional because No Strings Attached realized we have these two leads that have fucking no chemistry. How are we going to save this movie? Yeah, oh, we we'll go Jake over Johnson here. To... We'll go over here and focus on other, all these other people that right. are fucking incredible. <clears throat> and that's one of the key differences in the script, but also in the cast that I want to talk about some specific cast members in a minute. So are we, are we on that right now? I don't know if we're talking about director anymore. No, we're not talking, <laughs> talking about the script and the cast. Keep yeah. up. So I feel like that was an intentional thing where they're like, okay, dynamite chemistry, focus on them. Lackluster chemistry. Let's focus on some other things going around to try and save this movie. 
Now, it is funny, um, keeping with the script, it is funny to notice the similarities, though, too, in how these two movies have the exact same plot. Like, both have the quirky parent, the weird parent, who is extremely sexual, like, embarrassingly sexual in in different ways, sure, but, like, that's the overarching theme. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you mentioned, maybe in your notes or elsewhere, like, um, both female leads hook up with a douchebag doctor at one point. Um so yeah, it's fun. That is funny how I assume these guys didn't talk to each other when these separate separate parties didn't talk about the scripts. It's just funny how they had the same ideas. Yeah, I mean it happens all the time where they're just like similar beats in all the movies. So you know, I want to get to some some specific casting things. And Zach, you just mentioned the quirky parents. So the two quirky parents that I identified are Kevin Klein playing Alvin, Adam Kurtzman. No, sorry, Adam. What's his last name? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Adam's dad. Um, He is a former TV star who is embarrassingly sexual and indeed steals Adam's initial girlfriend, which honestly, that's a good thing for Adam. And then on the other side with Friends with Benefits, you have Patricia Clarkson playing Lorna. How do you feel, guys, about this matchup? Like, who who was the better quirky parent? Kevin Klein. Patricia Clarkson. The problem is, too, is that I only remember her from The Office. Um, or was it? Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. From Parks and Rec, where she was. Um, oh shit! Who? What was all the names of all the different uh, wives that he had? Because they were all the same name. Oh shit! Tammy. Yeah. So she was like Tammy two or something like that, or Tammy one. She was one the or non-librarian like Tammy. Right. Right. And oh. and she was just like this sort of like talk about dead inside, just like cold, calculated, manipulating, like that's her role and then she comes in 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 friends with benefits and like she was just trying to play this sort of like aloof parent sort of goofy parent who's just playing by her own rules kind of thing which is fine whereas like kevin klein was just like trying to stay hip trying to like be cool fucking his son's uh ex uh asking her asking him in front of him and his not girlfriend you know kind of quotation marks uh if he could have her baby uh you know kind of thing so it's it was kind of one of this like his you needed i think from those like because i don't think patricia clarkson's character added too much to the the story whereas kevin klein's actually like did play like dude the scene where he does ask if they could have like it at, where they ask adam like we're gonna have a kid would you be okay with that and he just immediately slams his head on the dinner <laughs> on the table is like as genius that like that was funny Dynamite and like in terms comedy. of like so and i kind of this kind of speaks back to like you know you felt no strings attached was more slapstick versus friends of benefits was more serious i laughed more during friends of benefits because those jokes were actually funny that were in there and that's where I say like it had more heart and was more genuine whereas like this was in no strings attached the one actual funny moment and it fe- and most of them featured Kevin Klein. He I think added to this movie more than he took away from it or hurt it. I absolutely agree with your point in this specific realm is that I love Patricia Clarkson to death. She was also in She's Easy great. A and she was phenomenal as kind of the hippie parent. Um, she's also phenomenal here as like a hippie loosey goosey parent, but honestly, like she doesn't play a very large part in the actual story or in the actual like emotional development. Like I get it. She didn't commit to anyone. So now her daughter is afraid of commitment. Like, okay, fine. But Kevin Klein, like the fact that he was this TV star is an albatross hanging around his son's neck where his son feels inadequate. Mm-hmm. There's also the fact that he keeps stealing his girlfriends. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. and is putting it directly in his face. So, like, as far as the story goes, I get why Ashton Kutcher is the way he is because of Kevin Klein. Like, it makes total sense. It so. makes sense, yeah. And Kevin Klein's great. I love Kevin Klein. So, Which is, like, it's weird how both, like, parents of the males in this had the most impact. Or at least their storyline yeah. showed it more. Or we at least... Will- we yeah. will definitely get there, but yes, you are absolutely correct. Zach, how do you feel about this particular matchup? Well, actually, when you first asked it, I was going to say I was on Patricia Clarkson's side just barely, but you've convinced me. Um, first of all, Kevin Klein is the best. I find him hysterical. I will I will argue until the day I die that Wild Wild West is a good, funny movie, and it's largely because Kevin Klein is so awesome in that movie. I fucking I love mean, that. Not completely true. Will Smith is always well, yes. bad in a thousand, but yes. cool, Will Smith man. Is I got true. it. That pair, that pair is incredible, and that movie's great. Come at me, but that's for a different day. Uh, he, I, I think, I like Patricia Clarkson probably a little better, but the power of Kevin Klein's performance gives him the edge ultimately. Because you, you guys are right, like he does, he does bring. The only times where in this movie where I truly did laugh were in scenes with him, which is shocking because there is a lot of talent in this movie, and that's something I want to talk about later too. There's a ton of comedic talent in that movie, but um, yeah, I'll gi- I'll give it to him because his role is just absurd, and it's Kevin Klein. Yeah. So the next matchup I want to get to is is kind of speaking to some of this talent. Um, you know, I was talking before about how. No Strings Attached actually focuses on a lot of different people. And mainly that's the two lead characters' friend groups. Emma, played by Natalie Portman, has a bunch of different friends. She has Patrice, played by Greta Gerwig. She has uh, Shira, played by Mindy Kaling. And she has Guy, played by a guy named Guy Branham. That was a lot of guys in one sentence. That is (laughs) so... And then Ashton Kutcher's character has... Uh, Wallace, played by Chris Ludacris Bridges, and he has Eli, played by the phenomenal, always phenomenal Jake Johnson. Great, great person. Now, in Friends with Benefits, they don't really have any friends, at least not friends that they focus on. Really, it's only Dylan has his work friend, um, played by Woody Harrelson, who is delightful. Kind of a work friend. The guy that kind of forces himself (laughs) into the situation, really. Yeah, he sure does. But, you know, the way they make up for it, at least the way that I I think they make up for it, is in Friends with Benefits, there was a bunch of really dynamite cameos. In the opening scene, there's the Emma Stone and Andy Samberg cameos as their respective exes. There's a random Sean White cameo when he just shows up. And then there's a rom-com within a rom-com that has Jason Segel and Rashida Jones. So a ton of really great cameos and friends with benefits and then a ton of great like actors and actresses in supporting roles in no strings attached. I have a lot of thoughts on these, but I want to open it up to you guys. Like how did you feel about these kind of conflicting things going on? Dude, Sean white. (laughs) I mean, all right. I, I don't, I don't know about him as a person in this this uber aggressive, like ready to throw down at any moment, like gonna tie his hair back and fight you. I loved it. That was hilarious. Andy Samberg, he was in it, right? I don't think he added too much to it, really, uh, at all. And and and, and the, I disagree. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, he's he. I mean, I actually you know what I should say. I did break up with a woman in my backyard at my parents' house. Uh, this is like two thousand. This might be actually 2011, 2012, like right before I met my wife. 
um, gave her a hug at the end of it, just like Sandy, Andy <laughs> Sandberg did. And I'm, I'm like watching that. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I did that. So I just really enjoyed the the absurdity and the randomness of having these two mega stars, even at that at that time in 2011, appear in the opening moments of the movie. You're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And they're breaking up in the most awkward fashion with the main characters. I love I loved the way the movie started because of that. It you I mean you're right. Yes, they don't like overall impact the movie a ton, but it still like it sets the tone for how silly this entire movie is going to be and I loved it. Well, the, the Sean White callback at the end is like it really drove it home. My note about Sean White was just like, oh, typical athlete who's a shitty actor in a comedy. However, I still enjoyed the hell out of his moments in the movie. They're so absurd and like he kind of don't know what the fuck is going on. Why is Sean White appearing in this movie? But you're right, the callback at the end is incredible too. Um, so I I thought overall the cameo, the power of the cameos was stronger than the friend group. And it, I mean, Jason Siegel and Rashida Jones absolutely kill it in that fake rom com. Absolutely, I I really enjoy meta meta stuff like that within comedies. So I maybe that's why I thought they were so good, but it was perfect. I I completely agree with you. I really like the com- cameos. I think Emma Stone at the beginning and her obsession over John Mayer is absolutely fucking yeah. hysterical. The best yeah. line of the fucking movie. Next time, instead of being late, just shit on my face. Because that's kind <laughs> of the same thing as missing your body is a wonderland. One of the greatest lines in a movie ever uttered. You know you're coming in off the top rope. <laughs> When that's like the opening of the movie, it's dynamite. Timberlake has a John Mayer joke in there. I should have written it down because it killed me. I think John Mayer is so overrated, and it like that tickled my funny bone to the to the nth degree. Because- I love how many shots they took at John. Mayer. Like yeah. I, John Mayer is not overrated. I want to say that right now. Like maybe he writes some pop songs here and there, but the man is a fucking phenomenal artist. No, so I think he's overrated because. While I think he's good, I'm so sick of hearing about him from everybody about how great he is. He's not that great. Zach, let me tell you (laughs) that the man can shred like no other. There's a reason he was invited on Crossroads to play with Eric Clapton and to be a part of the dead. Come on, that's a very good point. He shreds. That's a very yeah. But his his poppy. Listen to John Mayer trio. Get back to me, Zach. Get back to me. (laughs) All right, all right. Back to these movies. So. You know, you guys are very pro Friends with Benefits. I think that's been made clear. I also do love Friends with Benefits, but right. I am you also... You got stand in for No Strings Attached. We, we, we I, get it. Go ahead. I am a huge fan of No Strings Attached, and most of the reason is actually the Friends. So I want to put some shine on the Friends. And I know when you're saying that the Friends are the best part of a rom-com, that tells you it's not a very good rom-com because you don't care about the main characters. And I know that. And I agree with it. But the friends are phenomenal in this movie and they're so fucking funny. So let me give you a couple scenes. I want to put some shine on the scene where he makes a period mix because everyone in the apartment is on the same cycle. Right. Very funny stuff. And Patrice utters this one line. It's like a crime scene in my pants. That is a great line. (laughs) And it's a great line reading. It's phenomenal. I want to give you one from Eli played by Jake Johnson. Ashton Kutcher walks into their joined apartment together and Eli is sitting on the couch looking stoned as all get out. And he says, I'm not saying Alvin and I did mushrooms together, but I'm not prepared to say we didn't. That scene was great. 
yeah, that he was he was one of the few one of the few bright spots for me in this movie too. I I did think he was really funny. Here's my thing though, like because Jake Johnson was great in it, right? Chris Bridges, Chris Ludacris Bridges, Mindy Kaling, what? All were so heavily underutilized. Yes, thank you. Like they weren't written well. They were they, like they didn't have great lines. Like the ludicrous line, great Scott. Like that. Like in terms of like when when your dad orgasms. Like that's funny. But I like, also really enjoy the scene when him and Eli are trying to can- counsel Adam on how to respond to the booty call text, and he's like, "Sometimes I like to come in hot and go, boo, there's my dick." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. And then he just responds with hi, and they both just look at each other, and like both with just great comedic chemistry and great comedic timing. He's like, yeah, that'll work. (laughs) Well, it's just one of those things where it's like, I know Ludacris could, like, he has like a couple moments, but like, other than that, like, you know, he's better than that because you could see him in Fast, in the Fast Saga. Um, But Mindy Kaling, like, she, we know she can do so much more. And I didn't really get much from her in this. And it's not on her at all, it's just what she had to work with. Yeah, she had nothing. That was one of my biggest notes about this too. Where, like, where is Mindy Kaling? What? Why isn't she more involved? She's one of the funniest people, especially at this time too, because this is like peak or what? Like, it's in the middle of the office. She's at her apex. Why isn't she involved more? Or why isn't she funnier? Because she can be. But to the to your point. She was doing the best with what she had. She was actually in this movie quite a bit. Like right, the movie right. where she was feeling, she was like, I'm, I'm hot. I'm ready to, like when she was just ready to fuck, which she was like, I'm feeling hot today. Or dirty sluts. Or yeah, we're dirty sluts. Or the line where it's like, listen, you're really bringing me down right now. So I'm just not going to, like that scene was hilarious. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, that was really good. Um, but there wasn't enough of it. I wanted more. That was the problem for me. That's fair. I also just want to say, one quick thing. I think this movie would have been a lot better if it was actually just the Jake Greta Gerwig rom-com. Yes! <laughs> yes! Their relationship is a lot more interesting to me than the Emma and Adam one. Dude, that was like happening in the background, like some backroom deal that we never got to actually see. Like, it got such faint mes- me- like mentions where like, then we all of a sudden were like, oh, these two are going to get together later, and we never see the evolution. I was so much more interested in that. Way more interested, but yeah, we should have gotten the. It should have been an Jake ensemble. Johnson. Should have been an ensemble is what this should have been. Fair enough. So I am personally going to give this to the friends because I feel like they make this movie. The cameos at the end of the day make the movie better, but the movie's still really good without the cameos. I know that's saying less about No Strings Attached as a movie, but nonetheless, I am giving this category to the friends. Wait, one last thing, because we can't gloss over this. Uh, Have we talked about Woody Harrelson enough? No, we haven't talked about Woody Harrelson at all, because I have a lot to talk about with Woody Harrelson. Woody Woody Harrelson is absolutely on fire in this movie. Dude, his first interaction with Justin Timberlake, like just assuming right off the bat that he's gay, and he's like, no, no skin. No more pipe for me. Like, that is one of the greatest lines this coming from also, him in this. Uh, I mean, this isn't going to be, like, some some profound progressive statement, but this is the first movie I remember seeing with a gay character like this, like Woody Harrelson, who's, like, a very manly, like, man's man gay character who... Writes it, about it, sports. Is it, 
Yeah. What's that? Who writes about sports. Like, that's his right, job. Right, right, exactly. Who isn't a stereotype or, I don't know, or ultra flamboyant or whatever. He, like, this is a very unique, different gay character, and he's fucking hysterical the entire time. On the basketball court where he, he has that subtle line, like, what's it? Like, is anyone gay out here? Give me 15 minutes of your time and I'll change your mind. <laughs> I mean, like, so Woody Harrelson's great, right? Woody Harrelson's a phenomenal basketball Oh, wait, player, I do. So. Sorry. I have, the only thing, though, is... Why not just got get someone who actually is gay to play that role? Who probably could have killed it. Yeah, 2011 I'm, casting for you. I guess. Yeah, there. That is that is true. Um, but Woody Harrelson Harrelson is still the best. There are two lines that made me laugh my ass off he, that he uttered, and they're in the same scene actually. When he's talk, I, he's talking to Justin Timberlake like by the river, and he goes, <laughs> "Me likes the cock, so it's stickly dickle, strictly dickly." And then right afterwards goes, uh, I live in New Jersey. I ain't taking no ferry. And then there's a pause and he goes, unless it's to dinner and a show. I fucking lost it. It's so it's so obnoxious, but it's so funny. I actually thought it wasn't going to be funny because I was like, why is he launching himself in off the side of this building, boardwalk, whatever? And then he's just on a boat. And I'm like, OK, never mind. This fucking works. <laughs> My my favorite line, and this is just sort of being the former reporter in me, is when he comes up to me, he goes, what font did you use on that headline? Times New Roman. Times Roman? Inspired. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that made me, like, lose my shit. All right, so round one. Taking into account the directors, the script, the cast, which way are you going? It's a fucking knockout. Like, it's almost a knockout in the first round kind of thing. It's friends with benefits. Like, this is a 10-8 round. They pummeled. No strings attached in this. I, I agree. I think it's a 10-8 round. I mean, it, it again, this is, this is Giants versus Patriots because it shouldn't be, but it is. Again, I am more so on no strings attached than friends with benefits, but I'm still going 10-9 friends with benefits because if you have a rom-com that's built around a couple with no chemistry, it's just not going to fucking work. No matter how much I love all the other things that are going around it, uh, it's still just got to be friends with benefits because the chemistry is pretty ace between uh, Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. All right. So after round one, we have friends with benefits up on all of our cards. Beam has it as a potential knockout. We'll it see. could they, have been, man. They, they got up right before the bell. So we're going to go to these next Yeah, they, they, they were saved by the bell in this. So it's... Uh... Yeah. Going to be a tough comeback for no strings attached. Um, so with our next four categories, our four rounds in a typical MMA bout after the first round, so five total, whatever, you get it. I've made special categories for this because this is our rom-com episode. And in every single rom-com, you have very specific things that come up. for this day, waiting for this. The first one is you have to have the meet cute. The moment when they meet, the sparks fly. The second is usually you get some kind of dating fun montage where you see them developing their relationship through quick scenes, doing cute things together. In this movie, because of the context, you get a sex montage where they are exploring each other's sexuality together. Then you have the big breakup slash fight where it's like, oh my God, are they not going to end up together? But of course, because it's a rom-com, you have the makeup the happily ever after, the kiss, usually a big speech is involved, etc. So we're going to go through all four of those, and we'll start with the meet cute. In Friends with Benefits, the meet cute is kind of not the traditional meet cute. Jamie <laughs> is a headhunter. She is trying to 
persuade Justin Timberlake's character Dylan to become the art director at GQ magazine. After the interview, they share a lovely day together. They go to Jamie's favorite spot in the city and look at the stars, the only place in New York City where you can see the stars. And then there is a flash mob in Times Square that is also kind of a GQ uh, pitch thing to get him to take the job. And then in No Strings Attached, you actually have like four meet cutes. You have the meet cute at the camp where he asks to get a hand job. No, he asks if he can finger her. <laughs> finger her. He's like, yeah. can I finger you? That's what That's he said. Not great. Out of nowhere. <laughs> can I finger you? No. Also, also probably what a 13-year-old does, but that's neither here Yeah, that's how that goes, but like... The second one comes in college when he is a frat bro at Michigan. She shows up to a party to meet up with her friend Patrice. They see each other. There's two quick things with this scene. Did anyone notice the parallel between Ashton Kutcher and the butterfly effect and Ashton Kutcher in this scene? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's basically like he saw... Butterfly Infect and was like, hey, this frat boy plot line, that's the best one. I want to bring that back for this movie. The other thing I really like when he points at her with the foam finger, I don't like it as a move, but I feel like that's the exact thing that a douchey frat guy would do. Oh, no, it, it <laughs> captured like the douchey frat party sort of scene. Absolutely. For sure. As a douchey frat guy, I definitely would have done that. <laughs> thanks, Zach. <laughs> as the resident douche frat guy, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the, a go-to move. The third... F- the third meet cute is like a bunch of years later. They're at a flea market. Eli recognizes Patrice. They're both there together. Adam's with his asshole girlfriend who sucks. They It's not going to quite work out. And then finally, the fourth meet cute is when Ashton wakes up naked on her couch because he's just broken up with her girlfriend. And yeah, so we have four meet cutes versus one meet cute. How do we feel about these? Which one worked better in your opinion, Beam? You have a lot of you have a big face on, so I'm starting with you. The reason why is because I hate flash mobs. That was like <laughs> one of the worst fucking things that ever existed. Like for whatever reason, like people enjoyed these things. It was like before TikTok was a fucking thing, and everyone's like, "We need to do a flash mob," and everyone's got their phones out and everyone records it. I, I don't care. I don't care if it's like promote together in this train. I I don't fucking care. I don't, it's the dumbest fucking thing ever. I really wish we never, it never happened. I think it's like one of the biggest black marks on us as a society. But anyways, um, you know, racism and everything else, whatever. But like, you know. Flash mobs. Oh, flash mobs as well. <laughs> Genocide, <laughs> racism, flash mobs. Colonization. Top three. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's awful. At least Hitler never did a flash mob. If Hitler was around, he would have done several flash mobs and killed everyone in said flash mob. Like that would have been that would have been the point of said flash mob. And then would you have liked Hitler? No, I would not have liked Hitler. All right, this got dark. Change subjects. What do you like better? So the thing about with friends with Ben or with no strings attached is, and that's why I'm going to start with it because it felt forced. Like these meat cutes were just sort of like mainly happenstance and you never felt any sort of chemistry from it all you ever felt was Ashton Kutcher's character Adam you know really wanted to get with Emma that was about it that's all you ever really got from it and then the last one that works out was him just shaking his dick in front of her (laughs) like cool all right that's a way to do it I guess if that's what does it if that's you know the impression that you're able to leave with her and she's like you know what I kind of want to get with this guy 
I guess that, you know, he's got a hog, may as well just use him for it as opposed to as opposed to actually having any feelings for him. Um, so there was nothing really with that. Whereas, again, as I said before, it just felt really natural. And I think this does kind of, kind of come down to, you know, the script, but also the directorial decision of just like to kind of have it go this way of it, of the way to have this flow. Because the way No Strings Attached was, it was all jumbled. It was just jumping from year to year to week, whatever. Whereas with No Strings Attached, you watched it kind of happen in real... Or, sorry, with Friends of Benefits, you watch it happen in real time. And I like that a lot more. Uh, it, 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 again, it, it felt more natural. It was one of those things where it was like, they're, they're not angling at it to get together. Mila Kunis accidentally kind of takes him on a first date, essentially, without trying to. Just really trying to convince him to come to New York and right, trying to sell a- him on the idea of New York as opposed to like the job itself. It's purposeful, but it's intended professionally, but because they have so much chemistry, it naturally flows into almost a date. It's not beating you over the head like yeah. no strings attaches because it doesn't in, in no, it doesn't need to because of that chemistry. Because of the chemistry, it just so naturally goes. It's For me, it's, it's, it's friends who benefit all the way. Zach, how do you feel about the meat cutes? Yeah, so again, Beam, Beam and I are largely on the same page, but a couple of things I wanted to add because Beam buried the lead with the awkwardness. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you shook your dick at your wife and that's how you're now (laughs) married. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) There's uh, no way Natalie would fall for that. Knowing Natalie, no no Weird coincidence, her name's Natalie. Where is it? No, but dude. Where is it? the The part where she takes him to a funeral. What was that? What the fuck was going on in this movie? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because like, because there's because it's almost a parallel thing that what happens in Friends of Benefits, he right. brings her to like a, her his parents' place where to meet her her father who's going through Alzheimer's. She, Natalie Portman brings, you know, Ashley Kutcher to a funeral. Correct and correct me if I'm wrong. It's never fucking explained. Why does she bring him to a funeral? Because Ashley or because Natalie Portman's character doesn't do well with feelings. But that's the only explanation you have. I'm not. Also, I'm not people, explaining it again. Force. From MIT should riot, all right? If MIT or if I'm led to believe that all MIT grads are a bunch of weirdos who want to take you to a funeral on a first date, then I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. But oh, I, I do. <laughs> but yeah, I beam. I agree. I agree with you on the flash mob. I think I can't remember. Was that were were flash mobs cool in 2011? Because yeah. now people yeah. fucking like that shit. People so actually now, enjoyed being a part of them, seeing them, witnessing them. I mean, I have questions about whether they're ever actually, like, quote-unquote cool, but yes, they were a thing in 2011. How many fucking people participated <laughs> in them? That's really the question. I truly couldn't remember as I was watching this if it was just, I'm watching this with my 2021 mind, and I think this is really dated and stupid, or if it was never cool. But either way, I've got to ding it for the flash mob because it's extremely corny. However, it's still better and I think a lot of it also comes down to Mila Kunis's charm. She she's just so good in comedic and rom-com roles. Like when she's on the um, the luggage uh, the luggage conveyor belt at the airport and like doesn't have her shoes on and meets Justin Timberlake for the first time, that shouldn't work at all. It's so weird and bizarre, but she nails it. Like it it just I don't know. It's, I I found it charming because it's Mila Kunis and she's great. So did Justin Timberlake. That's the whole point of it. That's why it works so well. Exactly. So I've got to go with friends with benefits just because it just, yeah, it didn't work for me in no strings attached. 
I didn't particularly like either of these meat cutes. Oh, fuck you. They weren't my favorite in either event, although, Beam, your point is a good one, the way that it kind of just flowed into an accidental first date because of their chemistry. I like that point. I hear you. I like No Strings Attached just a little bit better, and it's two reasons. One, I like this idea of fate, maybe because I found my wife in such a serendipitous way, so I just want to believe in that stuff. I think the second reason is because it's fucking hysterical when... Ashton Kutcher wakes up in Emma's apartment and Shira and Patrice are just fucking with him relentlessly. And so since I don't really like either of them, I'm just going to go no strings attached because Shira and Patrice really get to mess with him. And that is hysterical to me. So I'm going no strings attached, but it's very much 10-9. Zach, also, I just want to bring this up at this point. I feel like I have to. It seems like you're on Ashton Kutcher about wanting Natalie Portman for so long. But you wanted a Natalie for so long, and then you eventually got her. What the fuck, man? You should identify with this story. You're right. I shame Natalie, man. Relationships that have zero chemistry and dick waving. (laughs) But I don't understand why I don't. It's very strange. You're right. All right. So chemistry and dick waving. (laughs) So in round two, it goes to friends with benefits. Beam and Zach both went that way. I went no strings attached, but there we are. It's two zero. Zach, what are you giving this? Ten nine. I think it's a 10-9, right? I think it's a 10-9. You dinged it for the flash mob. And we both yes, dinged you're it right, for the you're flash right. mob. If it weren't for the flash mob, it would be 10-8, but you're right. 10-9, I'll give it that. All right, so there we are after two rounds. Friends with Benefits is up. No strings attached needs to run the table, or we are heading towards a very lopsided Got to give it their all, man. The next round is the fun montage. In a normal rom-com, it is the dating doing cute stuff together. In this, it is a sex montage because it's all about casual sex. In Friends with Benefits, they seem to have a very interesting thesis in this sex montage. May go, I, go ahead. May, what is may I rap for a moment? Please. <laughs> can I kick it? Yes, you can. <laughs> Thank you. So it seems to me that their thesis statement is that the key to good sex is communication. Because in these sex montages, they're constantly communicating about what each other like. There seems to be a separate thesis that couples can't do this because there's too many feelings attached to it. So they get to openly communicate with one another without hurting anyone's feelings. So while I think this is a flawed thesis, I do think they do a very good job of expressing it in this montage. In the No Strings Attached montage, They explore a lot of different places in terms of having sex and some weird things. There's a scene where Natalie Portman stares at Ashton Kutcher's penis with 3D glasses on. There's a... It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Like... (laughs) There's another one where there is an invasive procedure in Natalie Portman's hospital in which she seems to insert something into Ashton Kutcher's anus. So, yeah, those are things that happen. (laughs) I don't feel like I need to ask, but which one of these do you prefer, Beam? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You want to kick it right to me? You prefer to limber up or get probed? <laughs> I mean, really, that's that really depends on what you're into, right? All right, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash on anyone's kinks. Judgment-free zone. No, no, I'm not gonna bash on anyone's kinks. But here's the problem here. So, what you're talking about with this whole you can communicate because you're not gonna hurt anyone's feelings, and you said there's a flaw in that. I don't think it's flawed because I think. What this whole, what that whole movie was about, Friends of Benefits, is their suppression of their feelings for each other. They're constantly trying to deny that they actually like each other because they want this whole Friends with Benefits thing 
Which, by the way, No Strings Attached dances around that phrase a lot. I don't know which movie came out first, but they always like kind of refer to it, say friends with whatever it is. But anyways, I think that that works well because of the way the chemistry, the way the story is written throughout Friends with Benefits that they're in denial and they're just trying, you know, and they're able to connect so well because they're communicating so well. I think they're just playing the parts of being in a relationship without admitting that they're in a fucking relationship. Uh, whereas with no strings attached, she doesn't want to cuddle after sex, right? Then what the fuck are they doing when she's laying on top of him and they're uh, he's on his back? Like, I don't even know what the position was about. They're like behind the couch. Their legs are up on the back of the couch and their backs are almost seemingly on the floor with something else. How do you get the torque to make anything work in that sort of situation without hurting the other person. I didn't think we'd get the word torque on this podcast. Well, here we are. We did. Zach, how do you feel about these? It's pretty clear where Zach, where Beam lies. Yeah, I, uh, neither, I actually didn't think either of these were like overwhelmingly funny or overwhelmingly great. I'll give us a, a slight edge once again to friends with benefits because it is a little bit funnier that, you know, Timberlake talking about limbering up or like, what I forget, I forget what he was doing, but there's one point I think he's shitting on the toilet or something. He's trying to uh, take trying a piss, to, but he has a boner and Dude, he can't that, fucking that, control yeah. it. <laughs> I can relate to that moment. I love that moment. Yeah, it's fucking every yeah. morning for me when I wake up with morning wood and I just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck? You should have drank morning timber then. Another uh, beer tree brew. Please check out beer tree. They're a great brewery. Great brewery. Yeah. It, so with no strings attached, it, it really was. It, Unfortunately, it was just kind of forgettable. Like, I don't really, I didn't really remember much of it 10 minutes after it happened. That, that montage, I mean. I think I just had a weird kind of revelation. What's that? I think No Strings Attached got it right then in terms of this whole trying not to have feelings thing. I didn't feel anything about their relationship <laughs> whatsoever. I didn't, we, we think that their sex is forgettable. The whole point is just to do it. True. I think it accomplished what it was going after. In a weird roundabout way. Yeah, this was never a rom-com. It's literally just a movie about fucking without any feelings. I, I think No Strings Attached did it. Except Ashton Kutcher had feelings the whole time. Sure, but like you didn't really feel it other than well, you just didn't, like... yes, as an audience. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. I just want to put... Ivan Reitman's a fucking genius. That's all it is. It was subverting your expectations the entire time. I'm sorry, I just had a revelation. There's one great little line in the No Strings Attached montage where Eli comes up and he is pounding on the door. Again, Eli, MVP of No Strings Attached. <laughs> and he says, I can't focus on my porn with all this real sex going on around me. It's a genius line. And again, the best part of the sex montage is Eli, Jake Johnson. Yeah, so probably the, a bad thing. The but. guy that's not having sex. <laughs> So yeah, I I don't like either of these. I'm giving it to No Strings Attached because it's going to lose anyway, and fucking Eli's the man. <laughs> yeah, I'm 10-9 on this one. I didn't think either was like overwhelmingly great, but 10-9 to Friends with Benefits. And I'm going to go 10-8. Just because? Do you have a reason? <laughs> because I actually enjoyed that. <laughs> I actually enjoyed their sex montage, oddly enough. Because think about if your actor is trying to do that. Gotta have chemistry. I gotta believe that, like, that cracked the awkwardness of doing a sex scene. Yeah. Fair point. So Friends with Benefits is officially running away with this thing. It is 3-0. Honestly, at this point, it's obviously going to be win. It's obviously going to win, but let's stick around to see if it can sweep all five rounds. <laughs> I think that's going to be exciting. We're telling the crowd, let's <laughs> stick around. <laughs> 
So the next one in any great rom-com is the breakup. There has to be the moment where you think it's not going to work out between them. And interestingly enough, it actually happens twice in both these movies. There's the moment where they end their just casual sex relationship for one reason or another. And then there's the real kind of breakup where you're like, oh, shit, are they not going to actually end up together? So in Friends with Benefits, the first initial breakup comes as very cordial. Mila Kunis just decides she wants to date someone else and Justin Timberlake's like, great, because they're actually in a relationship that works. They're fucking (laughs) mature about it. (laughs) In No Strings Attached, the initial breakup comes when Adam makes the period mix and then they fall asleep together. And then Natalie Portman is clothed. clothed. That's important to note because she said it. Yeah. And then Natalie Portman gets all up in arms because they spent the night together clothed and spooning with clothes on is worse in her mind. So they no longer have their arrangement. They did Natalie Portman so dirty in this movie, but yeah. (laughs) All right, so the real breakup. In Friends with Benefits, this is an oddly hilarious sight gag that's involved with this real breakup. Mila Kunis' character, Jamie, is kind of messing around with Dylan's younger brother. And she is trapped in that kind of saw-the-girl-in-half magic trip contraption while Justin Timberlake is talking to his sister. Just happens to everyone. <laughs> I can honestly say a I don't very, know anyone this has happened to, very, but it's great in a movie. A very common thing <laughs> that happens to, I think, anyone I've ever met. And then Trapped in a box, she, about to be cut in half by a saw by a magician. <laughs> and then she overhears the conversation between Justin Timberlake and his sister, in which he says a bunch of stuff. The main cutting one is that you'd need to be Magnum P.I. to figure out what's going on inside of her head. That one cuts, and she is not happy, understandably so. Figuratively, not actually, as (laughs) she's waiting to be. And then in No Strings Attached, the real breakup comes when Adam takes Emma out on a real date for Valentine's Day. It gets to be a lot because Emma is not in tune with her emotions or feelings, and seemingly Ashton Kutcher just refuses to respect that throughout this entire movie until he finally (laughs) breaks her down, and she seemingly ends it. So these are the real breakups. Zach, how do you feel about these? So these were definitely much better than the initial ones. I think it's fairly close, but I, again, go with friends with benefits. Um, Dude, the stuff that JT says is just, like, cuts to the core. It's awful what he says about Mila Kunis for her to overhear. And the way it's shot, the way it's filmed, like, even though this is a silly-ass movie, it's not very serious – you, you do feel for Mila Kunis in that moment. I Watching it, I was like, damn, JT, you don't have to do her like that. So I, uh, I, felt, I felt that one more than the other one. Um, in No Strings Attached, even that car ride going over, it, it again speaks to the lack of chemistry. There, the car ride to the date, I mean, like there's just the, – there is no chemistry in the car. Ashton Kutcher, he actually looks like he's not like he's acting in a different movie or something. Like he's not present at all. So like the, it's still good, um, or it's still solid for a rom com, but it's just not as, I guess, um, heartbreaking is not the right word because neither one is heartbreaking. But it just doesn't it doesn't have the same emotion Friends with Benefit has. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I don't particularly feel either one. Um, Friends with Benefits definitely has the lines that cut deeper and I do really like the sight gag that 
Meet Lacunas is stuck inside of this magic contraption and she just kind of shrinks her head in so that no one notices her. And that's kind of dynamite for me. So I'm going to go with uh, Friends with Benefits for the breakup scene. Beam, what about you? With Friends with... I know you guys are saying you, you both don't feel it. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. But there was something about Friends with Benefits where I think it's because I, to me, really felt there was this theme of these guys really trying to suppress their feelings towards each other. And I think in a moment of when your sister is calling you out saying, like, oh, you like her... And your immediate reaction is to, I got to defend, push back. We got a thing we're doing. Like, I need to push back on it hard. And I think he does it. And I think he does it well. And I think it services the plot very well. Because it fits within, it flows very well within the plot. Whereas, all of a sudden, in No Strings Attached, it's, let's give this real date thing a go. You know, I thought there was parts of it that I liked with that. Um, You know, it's fucking... Natalie Portman as Emma when she's playing Jesus Christ why can't I remember I'm about to call it like putt putt but like that's such a dumb name for it mini golf mini golf yeah why am I blanking on that <laughs> anyways when they go to fucking play mini golf and she literally is just like that hole is my bitch which was like that was like one of the moments from her that like really made me laugh but then all of a sudden like they get to a part that could be super romantic and then flips a switch on her character and oh my god no I can't do this and just starts pushing him like like physically abusing him it flips very quickly like it just again this is where it felt super (laughs) forced and so that's why i got to give it to friends with benefits because again i thought that was a that 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 is a scene i feel like you can relate with when you're trying to suppress your feelings for someone for the sake of whatever experiment you guys are trying to go through whereas with no strings attached it was just like we're just gonna follow the same you know, beat of rom-coms here and we're just going to fall. And again, that's where friends with benefits try to break that mold where they were right off the bat trying to admit that we're not going to play in those stereotypes of a rom-com while doing it, just being self-aware. No strings attached was following that script. And this is just another part of it. You know, your point is a good one that really what JT is trying to do or Dylan is trying to do in this scene is just, and I'm not so sure that he's, so committed to the idea of friends with benefits as much as he's just trying to lie to himself about his feelings well, about Mila That's Kunis. what I mean about the denial yeah. part. Yeah. And he's just, he's saying this shit to try and almost convince himself. Yeah. He's trying to convince his sister. He's trying to convince himself. And then it just ends up that Mila Kunis overhears it. So it actually does play really well. It's an excellent point. Friends with benefits, 10, eight, great point beam. I just, it just, again, friends with benefits has the heart. Yeah, I, I agree. And a uh, special shout out to the kid from Modern Family who is basically performing the same <laughs> in this movie. Like even down to doing magic tricks, which he does in Modern Family. Yep. Dynamite. Zach, could you, what do you give this? 10-9, 10-8? Like, do you feel this is enough for a 10-8? Honestly, I'm going to go 10-7. Whoa. You yes. didn't feel that strongly about it, I thought. No, I do. Wow. I and. Hearing you guys talk about it more convinced me. Like it's just so much better in Friends with Benefits. I do want to give a quick shout out to Lake Bell playing Lucy. Please. She shows up in this part strictly because after their real breakup, Ashton is pursuing her. And she's playing like this sexy, awkward character. She's totally type A. Yeah. Very type A. She's like a sexy, awkward assistant. And they have it's a sexy very sexy without trying to be. Yeah. 
You know, there's another Quote, one. Unquote. There's another one. That rom-com would have been more interesting, too. That's what I said before. <laughs> Dude, I, I want actually, Adam and, and her character. I want that relationship more than I would could have ever cared about Adam, Adam and Emma. Make that movie. Yeah, Natalie Portman as Emma deserves better than fucking Adam as Ash, or Ashton Kutcher as Adam. All right, and so the final round, the probably most important and most iconic of all the rom-com things is the makeup... The kiss, the speech, the happily ever after that comes at the end. There's so many iconic ones throughout history. There's Notting Hill. I'm just a girl standing in front of a guy telling him that I love him. It's fucking dynamite. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. You complete me. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. (laughs) Just fucking dynamite stuff. And... I think Corey and I just said that to each other. <laughs> That's exactly what just happened. It feels weird. Let's take a drink of our beer to uh, get more masculine real quick. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I think that's easing us into the situation. We're about to make out. Mm-hmm. Feels wrong. Feels so right at the same time. All right. This is getting weird. So the big makeups at the end in Friends with Benefits, you have a flash mob at Grand Central Station, a callback to the earlier flash mob. It is a flash mob to the song Jump by Criss Cross, a callback to Justin Timberlake's character's love of Criss Cross, <coughs> and it's happening in Grand Central Station, which is a callback to the fake rom-com within a rom-com. So don't you forget, have... Don't forget Closing Time. Oh, and Closing Time. You're absolutely right. And Closing Time, who he <laughs> thinks is by Third Eye Blind Third throughout Eye Blind the entire Ridge movie, yeah. but it is not. It is by Semisonic. Which, that's not a great joke. I, I actually kind of liked de- it. Semisonic deserves more than that. It was a total one-hit wonder situation, though. They had two. Did they? What was the other one? I don't know. There's a 90s playlist that we play at work, and Semisonic has two songs on there. So. Yeah, they have one. All right. So, anyway, a lot of callbacks in this final speech, which I like. I like the fact that they're connecting the rest of the movie into the finale. The iconic big line that he says is, Jamie, will you be my best friend again? And he says this while down on one knee. In No Strings Attached, the big speech comes outside the hospital where Adam is giving Emma's voicemail the business. He's telling her about don't text me and don't call me saying you miss me. If you feel that way, get in your car and come see me. And as he says that line, she's right there, of course, because this is a (laughs) rom-com. And then they talk it out. And the big line is you should know. If you come any closer, I'm not letting you go. So I'm just going to say it off the bat. Friends with Benefits clearly wins because that's the fucking worst line ever at the end of a fucking movie. It sucks so fucking bad. (laughs) Zach, what are your feelings? You're absolutely right. Um, I don't think Friends with Benefits is necessarily iconic, partly because while I love, absolutely love the cornball factor of tying in all of those previous uh, notes from the movie into the finale. It was also so extremely predictable at the end. So it like, it just, it was funny because they were trying to be meta, but in an attempt to be meta, it was also extremely predictable and therefore not meta. However, I still enjoy it. Like it, flash mob aside, corniness aside, it's still like, it hits the notes of the, of how a rom-com should end. No strings attached is just Okay, it ended. I'm glad <laughs> this movie's over. The fucking ending is so bad and no strings attached. Like I like I like a lot of it, but the ending is admittedly very bad. Beam, how do you feel about these? Okay. So here's the thing. 
What's the thing? I would agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. Both of you guys. This is a friends with benefits round, right? It's just, it's heartfelt. You know, will you be my best friend again? Like, I think we should all agree here. Or, I think we could all agree here. Zach, I know nothing about you and your significant other. I, I think a very important part of a healthy relationship is being friends with your significant other. Being one of your best friends. Being your absolute best friend. Because it's a huge, it's a huge, it plays a huge role. It, I think it plays a huge role in having chemistry. So I think that is absolutely adorable. Completely agree with that. Friends with benefits. No strings attached. If you come any closer, I'm not letting you go. Okay, kidnapper. Like, what is, like, okay. I feel like you're now going to murder her. Put her in the back of a van. And <laughs> that's the last we see of Natalie Portman. So, like, right. It should be probably maybe a 10-9 round on this. I think it's 10-8. You think it's 10-8? I think it's 10-8 to friends with benefits, but, and this is important, I think this is actually a fifth round knockout for friends with benefits, and I think you're going to disagree with me. I am going to disagree with you. You want to know why? You want to know why? Do you want to know why it's a fifth round knockout for Go me? ahead. I'll, I'll close with what I was going to say. So I think it's a fifth round knockout because, and this is an important factor, in both movies, a father's medical ailment is what brings them back mm. together at the end. In oh. oh. No strings attached. What you love so much is that Kevin Klein's character overdoses on scissor. All right. I don't love it, but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is fucking that, hilarious. Like, You're absolutely right. Because he loves Lil Wayne. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings them back together at the hospital. In Friends with Benefits, Richard Jenkins, who is just a phenomenal actor, he has Alzheimer's. And in a moment of connection with his son, he explains a story about how the one that got away and how he can't let that chance go. And that's what finally brings Justin Timberlake to drop all the fucking bullshit to drop his cool guy act and finally admit that he has feelings for Mila Kunis, which who in this fucking world doesn't have feelings for Mila Kunis. I currently do. Yeah. Still. I'm sorry, Bethany. I love you very much. Listen, Sarah's got a green light list. Eddie Vedder's on there (laughs) for better or worse. For you? Actually. Yes. Both. We both we both have Eddie Vedder on our on our green light list. But back to the point. That the, is, what was the point? <laughs> I thought we were talking about Eddie Vedder. Yeah, my bad. So that is just some really emotionally gut wrenching stuff. That whole Alzheimer's subplot, that fucking hits. Oh, it's brutal. And so the fact that that is kind of what brings them to this moment, that makes it so much better. And so I want to give Friends with Benefits a fifth round knockout for that storyline pushing us towards that emotional catharsis and climax. And I really appreciate that. All right. So you 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 sort of turned me around. I'm not giving it a knockout. Fair enough. But here's the thing. What's the thing? I was going to give a first in this series. I was about to give a draw to this round. Now Originally, it was going to be 10, 9 Friends with Benefits. But here's the, here's the thing. I gave you a warning in the first round, or whatever <coughs> round it was on the flash mob. You got one warning. It's like the nut <laughs> shot. It's like the poke in the eye. But you did it again. I have to deduct a point from you here. <coughs> now, I never thought I would do something like this. But I got to go 9-8 round for Friends with Benefits. I never thought that there would be a score like this. But I got to walk you around, Friends with Benefits, with your arm in the air, pointing to you to each side of the octagon, deducting a point from you for your fucking flash mob. Flash mobs aren't cool. 
They never were. They should never be used. They certainly shouldn't be used to try and get back together with your true love. Are they okay when they involve both closing time and jump by crisscross? It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it happened. It's still a flash mob. You get a point loss. It doesn't matter. I can't play sides on this. Well, I mean, we are playing sides on this, but you are correct. I'm trying to judge this objectively. You have to be an impartial judge, yeah. You're and right. you're getting a point deducted for another fucking flash mob. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I can't wait to do a flash mob next time I see Beam. <laughs> What's your flash mob going to be? We talked about dick swinging earlier. There's going to be a lot of Just a lot of helicopter. Just a lot of helicopter. A literal flash mob. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. So that brings us to the end. Was that 10-8? What was yours? Um, it, so it's a little tough because we're, you guys are bringing, bringing in a part that I didn't necessarily consider to be a part of the big speech or conclusion. So the Alzheimer's plot line with J- JT's dad, I don't know if I count that as the conclusion. However, that is a role that, but that, yes, that part of the movie is a, a very significant part that makes this movie miles better than uh no strings attached i like that that plot and when jt takes off his pants to sit at the table with his dad like that I, that was endearing as all get out yes, i like was, that it was extremely endearing it was very like gut-wrenching and and endearing all at the same time so wish that, i had that relationship with my family a much better movie in my mind however i don't know if i'd count it as the big speech at the end your point about flash mobs remains, so I will call it 10. No, I'll still call it 10-8, though. <laughs> After all that, I'm still calling it 10-8. All right, so that brings us to the end of the five rounds. We are going to take a quick break to tally up our scores. Then Bruce Buffer Beam will be back with the announcement of the verdict, and we will be back with our final statements. All right, Zach. So we are going to our final arguments here. We have to give our final case before Bruce Buffer Beam comes back with the announcement of the verdict. You have one minute. Why is Friends with Benefits so good? So Friends with Benefits is better to me because it hits on all of the familiar rom-com tropes in in a new and funny way, even though you still know what to expect. In a, it hits those in a way that uh, No Strings Attached doesn't. It just it has more heart. It has, it, I mean, to put it bluntly, just better writing and better comedy. Like the the jokes are delivered better. And then, like we've talked about ad nauseum, the chemistry between the two leads is much better. So ultimately, um, I think the key difference between these two is that Friends with Benefits is a movie like I'll actually remember and watch again. No strings attached. It's not. It's not bad. It's there are some good moments. I I just don't remember anything about. It. It's not memorable at all. Beam, what about you? What are your final thoughts on these two movies? I mean, I agree with Zach. Like Friends of Benefits had more heart. Um, no strings attached. Again, too. As Zach said, it wasn't a bad movie. I think watching these back to back was really what kind of hurt me, because. Friends of Benefits just, it, it felt more natural. It felt like I was actually almost kind of watching sort of something like this happen in real time. It's tackling, it was tackling the subject, I think, the best um, 
and it did it very thoughtfully. Whereas No Strings Attached, it was like, hey, we got Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Let's just put this movie out. So, I don't know. It, it Friends of Benefits, they're just it just felt like there was more thought behind it. I don't disagree with either of you. I think, you know, part of it is nostalgia for me. I saw No Strings Attached first. It came out first. And I was enamored by it. And then Friends with Benefits came out. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, this is just a copycat. But then as I watched them both more and more, because I revisit rom-coms like it's nobody's business, I've seen both of these upwards of like seven times at this point. True. And at the end of the day, like, I do like everything that's happening around Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman in No Strings Attached better. I think the friends are brilliant. I think everything with his dad is absolutely hysterical. But at the end of the day, you just can't have a rom-com where there's stale chemistry between the leads. It just doesn't fucking work. It's and not so, a fucking rom-com at that stage. No, it's not. It's an ensemble comedy, and that's honestly what it should have been. Just give me a bunch of other stuff. Give me more Mindy calling. Kaylin? Kaylin. <laughs> Why did I say calling? I was saying her, night, her name right the entire time. Because your pronunciation dyslexia is quite something these days. Yep. Yeah, give me Mindy Give me Mindy Kaling. Give me Greta Gerwig and Jake Johnson. Like It just could have been so much better. So it has to be friends with benefits, even though I still do have a lot of love for No Strings Attached. I got no love. And so, at this point, we bring in Bruce Buffer Beam for our official announcement of the verdict. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. The judges scored the contest 50-41, 49-41, and 48-43 for your winner, and new champion for the best movie from 2011 about trying to hook up without catching feelings, Friends with Benefits. All right, so that brings us to the end. Our newest installment in the twin film series, Friends with Benefits, overtakes No Strings Attached in what is ultimately a quite lopsided victory like i can't oh no they got dominated it was almost like connor versus eddie alvarez in 2016 but it was more like dustin poirier versus max holloway for the uh for the 155 belt interim belt maybe it was like two years ago where he just beat your mma references are ringing as hollow as (laughs) i don't know sorry we were trying to base this off of portman's relationship (laughs) sorry i have more knowledge about it whatever (laughs) Sorry, I'm not sorry. Zach, it was an absolute pleasure having you on to talk about rom-coms, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, boys. I appreciate it. This was fun. Um, Yeah, looking forward to the next one. Always phenomenal to have you, Zach. Thank you so much. Always a great time. You can follow us on Back Porch Media on Instagram, at Porchback Media on Twitter. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things. Rate and review us. We really appreciate it. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these two movies. While these boys don't think very highly of No Strings Attached, I happen to love it quite a lot. Shoot I want to know out of a fucking cannon. I want to know who else out there has some love for No Strings Attached because it needs some shine. It didn't get it here. Anyway, that brings us to the end. It's been a pleasure. Zach, Beam, see you later, pal. Bye. See you, fellas.